Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 7, Episode 3, Fragile Balance. Yay! Or as uh, uh, Damien Kindler referred to this episode, Honey, We Shrunk O'Neal. <laughs> I was going to nickname it The Week Rick Went on Vacation. <laughs> Okay, so well, we can. I'll, I'll save it for when we get into it. But they like they did talk about that like in the commentary stuff. So I have some info about how okay. and why and everything. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. should we just get straight to it? Get into it now. Yeah. Okay. Do the thing. Let's do the thing. Okay. So this episode originally aired on June 20th, 2003. We have a story by Peter DeLuise and Michael Greenberg with a teleplay by Damien Kindler, directed by Peter DeLuise. And on the commentary, we have the writer and director, Damien and Peter. Ooh, Peter DeLuise is back at the helm? That he is. Fantastic. Was there so a cameo? In, oh, yes. Oh, which I missed. Because <laughs> He wasn't visually on screen. Oh, okay. So in this episode, a teenage boy shows up at the SGC claiming to be Jack O'Neill, sending the team on a mission to uncover his true identity. So we start this episode with like, like we just get like straight into the action this week, which is kind of, it's a bit of a change. There's usually a bit of a slow build up to some, but no, we're just like straight into it this week, which mm-hmm. is cool. Like yeah. Sam gets off the elevator at the SGC, Hammond's there to greet her, tells her that someone tried to get onto the base using Jack's security badge. That person is currently in one of the holding rooms because he insisted on talking to Sam and they're both like, why? They're like, uh. So Hammond opens the door and we see like a teenager lounging on the bed. This young man has a bit of an attitude and Hammond clarifies to Sam that they've tried to contact Jack but haven't been able to get a hold of him. And Sam, you know, addressing the boys like, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, like impersonating a military officer is a federal offense. And the young man's like, I'm not impersonating Jack O'Neill. I am Jack O'Neill. What? Dun, dun, dun. I will immediately give props to the actor playing young Jack O'Neill, whose name is escaping me, but I have seen him in other things. Crap, what is his name? Michael Welch is his name. Michael Welch? Yeah. He He did a really good job. He was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The first time I remember seeing him was in the Twilight movies. And I've since been like, oh, yeah, it's the guy from Twilight. So I don't know. Somehow to me, that was when he stuck in my brain. And so he's always going to be a Twilight guy. <laughs> I've, I've never seen Twilight. So I only know him from this. Ah, He was one so. of the side school people. Okay. Side people in, you know. The school and the high school and the things. Okay. You know, in the high school where the vampires were. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe he was also on a zombie TV show, which is escaping me. What's it? Z Nation? No, I don't. Maybe. I don't know. Something like that. He was good. Okay. okay. I'm not helping I'm, my case. Yeah. I'm telling you that he's good <laughs> by remembering absolutely nothing that he's been in. I mean, I did look up his IMDb. It's it's quite extensive. He's he's got a good like list of stuff he's been he's been in. Like oh, like I recognize like the name of that show. I don't know if I've ever actually if I've seen like that episode he's been in. But it's like oh, I recognize. Yeah, yeah he's been a bunch he's of stuff. Been around yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah. So on the commentary, they talked about like when they cast him and stuff, um, like he'd never seen Stargate. He had like no idea who Jack O'Neill was or anything. So what they did was they had like the post-production team put together sort of like a highlight reel of Jack O'Neill isms, like close-ups of his face and like intonations of certain lines and like his little fidgety things. So he could try and like get that kind of the the physicality of Jack to see mm-hmm. like how Rick plays Jack from like a physical sense and do all that. And they were just like, he yeah, he nailed it. He like he rocked he, it. He totally did for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason why we have Michael Welch as Jack was also discussed because this is part of the Rick wanting to spend more time with his family time of filming. So in the writer's room, in the production offices, I was like, okay, how can we have Jack but not have Rick kind of stuff? And one of those was like, well, what if Jack didn't look like Jack? You, you know, de-age him, <laughs> honey, we shrunk O'Neal. Tiny yeah. Jack. So we get a little Jack. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so this was, this was actually the first episode filmed for season seven. Oh, so, really? So Rick didn't even show up until, like, the last... He was only there for one day at, like, the end of filming. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. But, yeah. I say... I mean, he nailed it. And they also talked about... Like, Damien talked about, like, you know, Peter and Michael did, like, the story. And when Damien was given the idea to write the script, he mentioned he was kind of having a little bit of trouble with it. And one of the other producers, I forget who, but was like, don't write for young Jack. Write for Jack. Just write Jack. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you read the script, as I, that's how I make my notes. I read, like, the transcript and stuff. Like, it just, this is, this is stuff Jack would say. Mm-hmm. You know? And you just have to have a 15-year-old actor say it. Which he did. Yeah. And it was great. And I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big props, Michael Welch. He was great. We love him. Yes. Yeah. Well done. So we come back from the opening credits and we're still in this holding cell. And this, this young man... Throughout the scene, like, hilariously has to keep, like, yanking up his pants, which are too big, because apparently Jack doesn't own a belt. I don't know. It's weird. And, like, he explains, like, last night he had dinner, he had a beer, went to bed, woke up as a teenager. And he's like, I get this is weird. Can we please just get to Fraser running tests that will inevitably run so that she can prove that I am me? And, like, nobody's really buying it, because... Even in the realm of stuff that's happened in the SGC, this is weird. But I, I still don't get how they're like, no, this is something that could never, ever happen. Given yeah. what has happened thus far. Which, I mean, we get into very shortly, yes. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I yeah. love that they do. And I'm like, thank you. Thank yes. you for acknowledging uh, the ridiculous. That they're finally yeah. like, well, we have done this and this. And we've all come back from the dead. And, yes. Like, Occam's know. razor, people. Occam's razor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Daniel then arrives in the holding cell. He's not totally buying it either, but is kind of like, well, he sounds like Jack. Because he's like, Daniel. I'm like, mm, that's, that sounds like Jack, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this young man starts spouting off a bunch of information that only the real Jack O'Neill can know, like stuff about Jolina or how Daniel used to be an ascended being. And then Tilk shows up and he's like, hey, have you had your Tritonin today? So it's like, <sighs> I love the Tilk reaction too. <laughs> like, just the pause, stare, how can this child pivot? know? Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> so everybody like, you know, exits out into the hall. They're all a little confused, but they're starting to maybe be like, maybe it is Jack. And as Daniel says, stranger things have happened and proceeds to name just a few of those stranger things, which are like Jack getting really old, Jack getting turned into a caveman, everybody swapping bodies. And I was like, okay, fine, let's get to the testing. Mm-hmm. So a bit later, up in the briefing room, Fraser reports that the DNA sample that they took from this boy is a match for Jack's within an acceptable margin of error. Like she, she says, like in a court of law, this would be like accepted as this person's DNA. But this whole thing is honestly a bit out of Fraser's expertise, so they've called in some specialists to help sort this all out. In the meantime, let's just get our guests settled into the SGC while they figure out what's going on. Yay. We then see Sam and Tilk in the commentary commissary with Jack and Sam and Tilk are very amused and entertained by what's happening. Jack is not reminds Sam that he's still sir. And he's just like, Oh, okay. Uh, Tilk thinks Jack should maybe be grateful that he's younger with the increased vitality. He surely has now. Jack's like, my vitality <laughs> is fine. Thank you very much. Um, but Sam's like, you know, maybe you should look, try and look at this on a positive light. Like, enjoy this, sir. <clears throat> yes, which is awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, would you enjoy suddenly being turned back into 15? No. 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 Why? No, absolutely not. No. I, know, I think I would have fun with it. No. I was, no. No. <laughs> I, no. No. I'm fine where I am now. Thank you very much. No, no, I'd have fun with it. No, mm-mm. not for me, thanks. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> so everybody then heads back to Jack's house to see if there's anything there that might be able to tell them about what happened. We see, like, food and beer bottles everywhere. They're going to take samples, send it for testing. Jack's like, if there's MSG in the Chinese food, I'm suing. MSG is not that bad, people. It's fine. Um, Tilk, Tilk's poking around the fridge and is like, are you doing a science experiment? Jack's like, it's fine. And he like goes to pull a beer out of the fridge and like Sam yanks away before he can take a drink. And he's like, really? Like, until we know what's going on. No, sorry, you can't drink a beer. Also, you're working. It's so funny how he, I mean, I can go like totally get that, like, given this whole situation, you could just be like, oh man, I really just, I need a beer. I need, I need yeah. something. I need alcohol to deal with this. Like, I can't. Yep. But it's funny how they make it such a big part of the show is that the yeah. kid just keeps trying to get beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's him, like, you know, okay, like, like, what did you eat for dinner? What happened? He's had four cheese burritos with guac on the side and a beer. Okay, so whatever happened must have happened while Jack was sleeping. So they start poking around his bedroom. Daniel decides there might be a clue in his underwear drawer for some reason. Because why not? (laughs) Why not? Uh, Tilk's like looking around at Jack's bookshelves and turns on this like little overhead lamp, which causes Jack to have some kind of flashback. It seems the Asgard might be the ones responsible for this situation. (sighs) So at this point, I pride myself on immediately being like, oh, my God, Jack's a clone. <gasps> oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally saw it coming. OK. And you turned out to be correct. Woohoo! Did I? <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. 
So back at the SGC, they're bringing Hammond up to speed on what Jack has remembered. And it really, like, it, like this doesn't make sense. Like, the Asgard are their allies. They work together all the time. Why would they do something like this? And Jack's like, yeah, I would not consent to becoming a teenager again at all. And Daniel mentions that what Jack has told them sounds like uh, like a lot of, like, commonplace UFO abduction stories. And, like, this he remembers. Jack's birthday he forgets. Yeah. Mm. Anywho, the Asgard secretly doing some kind of experiment to make Jack younger just is, it's, why? This, why would they do this? This makes no sense, any way you look at it. So, Daniel wants to go research those, like, UFO abduction stories a bit more. Sam has to get ready for the F-302 briefing, which Jack was supposed to be leading, but given the current situation, that might not be the best idea. Oh, hey, Brandon Plot, yeah. do you find it mm-hmm. interesting that at no point in time they really, I feel like they should have clarified with him, like, hey, are you younger you or are you just in, like, some random teenager's body? Well, I guess how would they, well, they tested his DNA and the DNA matched Jack's DNA. So right. I guess if it was just Jack's consciousness in a different body, the DNA wouldn't match, right? If it was right, a different saying, physical like, body. When they were still trying to figure out, like, if Jack was who he says he was, mm-hmm. I feel like that should have been a question of, like, are you younger you or are you in a completely different body? Like, is this what you looked like when you were 15? Oh, like, ask him, like, when you look in a mirror, does this look like? Right. How, are you uh, younger you? Gotcha. Is this, mm. is this who you are when you were 15? Good question. Yes. Mm. I mean, maybe they did. We don't necessarily see every thing that gets done on the show what you mean they leave stuff out oh my god they do stop it <laughs> um okay. so during the scene in the commentary one thing they talked about is this is when they like season seven is when they start dialing back chris's like eye makeup mm-hmm. like okay. and in this scene specifically like he has no like eyeshadow eyeliner you know stuff on and i think and the gold was- paint is gone too so, and that was purely because Chris just didn't want to wear it anymore. They didn't get really into why. Yeah. Just that this is when it started. So yeah. if that's something you paid attention to, maybe pay attention going forward and see like what happens and when he wears it, when he doesn't and all of that stuff. I have oddly been paying attention to how often when they have Teal out in public wearing a hat, how often for just continuity sake they put the forehead symbol on him anyway in case it like pokes pokes out from the hat or they just Uh, like leave it out completely because hey he's wearing a hat we don't need it mm. most of the time now he's not wearing it for continuity sake yeah i think it's just yeah they don't even put it on him and just hat. yeah yeah Yeah. i mean originally sometimes they did they still had it on and had it like poking out from under the hat. Yeah. I guess it maybe depends on what kind of hat he's wearing mm-hmm. and how tightly it fits to the forehead. Right. And they did not plan on people paying that close of attention to such things. <laughs> nope. Because no. Thing. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as everybody leaves the briefing room, Jack follows Hammond into his office and tries to plead his case to be included in the briefing, but Hammond just can't let that happen. No matter what Jack's expertise is, the other pilots just won't take him seriously, given that he currently looks like a teenage boy. 
Jack does make an interesting point that if those folks are going to be working at the SGC, they should get used to seeing some weird shit happening. Which is a good point. I mean, it is. Point taken, but still sorry, but no. Mm-hmm. Daniel and Tilk are in Daniel's office doing some research. We see Daniel has a bunch of, like, physical files, and Tilk is doing some, like, typing into apparently there's like a database of like every alien abduction story ever that can be searched <laughs> magically. I know. I'm like, what data? Like, what are you searching? Where? Like, what? I, I figured maybe it was like, you know, when you call the government, they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah, that happened to you. But they have to record the call anyway, kind of a thing. I guess. For official paperwork whatever and so they just happen to kind of have a record of all that stuff i guess so yeah so tilk like types some search terms into this database we get like it looks like like sort of hundred like scrolling on the screen like hundreds of people who had experiences like jacks they then try to narrow it down by including that detail about these four green lights that jack mentioned and that gives them a much more reasonable list with several of the people having addresses in the united states And if those people still live at those addresses, then they can go talk to them about their experiences and see if they can learn anything else. Ah, okay. Okay. Progress. Maybe. Mm -hmm. We hope. Mm -hmm. Maybe. We then cut to Sam leading the briefing on the F-302 in front of this, apparently, this new crew of people who will be the F-302 fighter pilots. Like, this a specific designated group of people, which is kind of cool. I like that we're expanding the world of the SGC. Yeah. Uh, But we get some of the airmen questioning why she's leading this when Jack has been the pilot on every previous flight of the F-302. It's because Jack is unavailable. But Sam has simulations prepared to help them understand how the F-302 handles. And they're like, that doesn't really help. It's like, well, that's what we got. Then there's a bit of a kerfuffle outside and Sam eventually goes to open the door and we see one of the SFs played by the awesome Dan Payne has Jack pinned to the wall and Sam's just like oh, just let's just let him in it's just let him in it's fine just let's go whatever whatever so Jack comes in starts giving the briefing and everybody there is like I'm sorry what is this child doing here <laughs> and yeah. I love the bit where he's like, I know it doesn't actually say Colonel on my uniform, but yeah, great. Like just great callback to like all of the other previous instances of that reference. And one of them like looks at Sam and Sam's like, yeah, it's him. And then like everybody just like sits up straight and is like, oh, okay. Which they talked about in the commentary and apparently um, because Damien was like, he didn't really know how to like write that. And apparently Peter's direction to all of these extras was just like, when it's like, oh, that really is Colonel Jack. And it was like, clench your butt. <laughs> clench your butt. You sit up straighter. And it's like, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. I, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm clench, trying it right now. Clench your, clench your butt and you sit up straighter. <laughs> Everybody out there ready? It works. One, two, three. Clench. It totally works. It works. It knows that I'm a straighter. If you feel yourself slouching and feel like, oh, I need to sit up straighter, just clench your butt and it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and so, yeah. So Sam's like, yeah, this is Jack. Oh, okay. So on with the breathing we go. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say, this is one of the scenes that I've always been kind of like, mm, about because 
sure Sam wasn't the main pilot, but A, she is a major. She's been in the F-302. She helped to design the F-302. She is like the senior officer in the room at that point, and nobody else in the room is taking her seriously. And it's like, um, really? Like, I don't think anybody in that room outranks her. Like, she calls, like, on a major and a captain. So it's like... Yeah, I noticed that too. That they were pretty condescending at her, just for like yeah. being second second seat. Yes, it's like on a plane that she was on. On a plane she helped build. Yes. So maybe yeah. have some respect, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, maybe pinch your own butt. <laughs> we then get a montage of Daniel and Tilk talking to some of those people with similar abduction stories, and they all seem to be telling the same story, really. They were taken from their beds, they're floating weightless on a spaceship but unable to move, it's dark, it's cold, there's these four green lights that scan them, and then there was a voice telling them not to be afraid and they'll be safe soon. Daniel asks one of these uh, abduction survivors if they can describe like if if they saw the being that was speaking to them and we see that it was an Asgard. Mm-hmm. Personal note, I love Daniel in that turtleneck sweater at the end of this little montage scene. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Daniel and Sam are bringing Hammond up to speed and basically everything matches up with Jack's account except for the de-aging thing. But like, a lot of the details are kind of cliche UFO abduction stories, but like the four green lights are a little too specific to just be random. Like right. that, that definitely lends credibility to what these people have told them. Mm-hmm. And the Asgard unfortunately have not yet responded to the SGC calls for help. And then Fraser comes in and is like, well, they better respond soon. So, Sam goes to visit Jack, who's playing some video games, and she has some not-so-great news. The specialist team that they brought in has finished their analysis, and Jack's DNA is stabilizing. There's, like, some techno babble, and Jack's just like, mm, just, just stop. What, what are you saying? Uh, Jack's dying. Which Less fun. Less, yes, less fun. Yeah. Uh, they bring up an interesting question in the commentary. Is Jack playing video games because he's a teenager or because he's Jack? Oh, well. Like, do you see Jack O'Neill as somebody who plays, like, Gran Turismo? I don't, I don't know if that's... He's playing, like, some kind of racing game. I don't know. But... Eh, I mean, I I was of the impression that they put it in his room and he was just that bored. <laughs> me, yeah, me too, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. normally, no, but he was like, eh, yeah. whatever. And they're not letting yeah. me do anything else. <laughs> so might as well figure this out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so we're back in the infirmary and Janet's taking a blood sample. And uh, unfortunately, it's impossible to say how long Jack has because he's basically going through complete organ failure at this point is what's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's not fun for anybody. No, no. Cut to the arrival of Jacob Carter. Yay. And he's there because their their only option kind of at this point is to put Jack in stasis until they can figure out what's going on and how to fix it. And Jack's not super excited about that, given what happened the last time the Tokra tried to heal him. You know, that, the whole abyss situation. Yeah. yeah not, not so good memories. No. Yeah. Um, he just, he, he needs some time to think about it. 
So he's like, mm-hmm. and Hammond's like, you can have 10. It's fine. Think it's, it's a big decision. Take whatever time you need. Mm-hmm. Sam and Daniel are walking through the halls talking about this. And Daniel's like, I'm going to make him go with the Tok'ra if I have to drag him through the wormhole myself. Mm-hmm. And they get to Jack's room, like open the door, and there's an unconscious guard inside on the floor. And Jack is not there. So, oh, crap. I actually would have liked to have seen where he takes out the guard. Yeah, like, how did that happen? Like, what did he do? Did he whack him with, like, yeah. Because he he might be Jack O'Neill, but he's also a 15-year-old boy. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to see the cutscene. That would have been great, yeah. So Sam gets on the phone to call security. Daniel, like, runs off. We see Jack, like, ducking into the elevator. Then guards running through the hall. Jack exits a vent and heads towards that hatch that led leads up to the surface. Mm-hmm. So Jack's gone. There's been no sight of him on base for several hours. And Sam's like, he knows this base better than everybody. If he doesn't want to be found, like he, yeah, he's gone. There it's. Yeah. yeah. And so Hammond has put out notice to local and state authorities. So hopefully somebody will find him. And then Fraser comes rushing in and is like, better find him soon. It's like, what now? Like, like he's already dying. What now? Like, what else mm-hmm. could there be on top of that? We cut to outside the SGC and we see Jack being escorted out of a liquor store. Because, like, again, he's just apparently like, I need beer. It's like, no, he's not even getting light beer out of this. And he just kind of sits there, like, sulking, like, like what, what? What do I do? Like, what? Yeah. what's happening? Not what do I do? I'm not entirely sure how he thought that was going to go. It's not going to work, no. Um, we then see a gentleman get out of a truck, and he's wearing, like, an Air Force jacket. Jack recognizes him as Lieutenant Colonel Harlan Beck. And Jack starts talking to him like he is Jack, and then realizes that's not a good thing to mm-hmm. be doing. And switches to, oh, Jack O'Neill is my uncle. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like... I didn't know he had any siblings like he did. Jack's been like a father, blah, blah. They sort of catch up a bit through the vein of, you know, Jack's my uncle, whatever. And as Harlan like heads into the store, Jack's like, hey, could you buy me some beers? No. Mm-mm. Why, why did you think that would go over well? I don't. Because they bonded. They've connected. Okay. They, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. No. Yeah. No. Uh, back in the infirmary, Selmak has done some reviewing of the DNA sample that they took and spotted something ig- interesting. That abnormality that Fraser talked about earlier, it turns out it's because the teenager isn't like Jack. He's a clone. Yay, Rachel. Yay. But yes, he is still dying. So, <laughs> But he's still going to die. He's still going to die. So Daniel, Sam, and Tilk are in Hammond's office with some news. No word on duplicate Jack at this point, but the three of them think they figured out what's going on. So as everyone knows at this point, the Asgard reproduced through cloning, but they're now suffering from severe medical problems due to the millennia of this cloning that they've been doing. They believe this Asgard has been abducting humans, cloning them, putting the clone back on earth while continuing to study the real human and then switching them back. I, this is another scene. I have a bit of a problem. Like, doesn't it make more sense to clone the human, keep the clone because and study the clone because it's, because the problem is in the cloning process. So don't you want to study the clone, not the original? Yeah, I don't, 
I didn't really get that one either. I, yeah. I would have thought they would have cloned the person that Same. kept the clone. And kept the clone so you can study what happens to the body during the cloning process. But mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but what they're hoping to do is that the Asgard will realize something went wrong with the clone and will come back to switch them. And they basically want to intercept that process so they can, like, catch the Asgard that's been doing this human snatching and cloning thing. Yeah. Hammond then gets a phone call from, like, a guard, and apparently Harlan called in because he has some information about Jack to share. So the team heads out with some, like, airmen backing them up, and they find Jack fishing by a stream, thanks to intel from some locals and Harlan. There's a bit of, like, hemming and hawing and trying to, like, pass the buck, and Daniel's like, this is really hard to say, so Sam's gonna tell you. (laughs) And Sam's like, yeah, what's happening? And then, like, Tilk finally is like, you're a clone. Tilk just comes straight out and says, you're a clone. Which, you know, nobody's happy about. And Jack's like, I'm sorry, I'm what? It's like, and then also we need your help to try and catch the guard, the Asgard that's responsible for this. Yay. You know what else is weird is they have mm. a conversation of like, oh, so we figured out Jack's a clone. The Asgard that did it probably didn't notice anything was wrong. So I don't know. It just kind of begs the question of like, what state was duplicate Jack in when he was sent back? Yes. For the Asgard not to notice, this one does yes. not look like that one. Right? Right? <laughs> How do you not notice? This little 15-year-old boy does not look like a 50-year-old man. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, that's yeah. kind of a plot hole for me. Is A bit. What, yes. what state was he in? I know they mentioned later is like something about I'm sorry your clone didn't fully mature, but like okay, does that mean he sends it like a baby? I don't know. Yeah, like did they all go back immature? Like you think you'd wait until it was like okay, that's it's done cooking or whatever, and then send it yeah. back. Apparently not. I don't know. It's very weird. It it's is. I want to know more. Yes. yes. So back in the briefing room, it seems most likely that tonight is the night that the Asgard will be back to do the swap based on the stories from the other abductees. Jack is still not happy with the situation. He's the one that's being hung out of his bait and he's dying. And they're like, well, hopefully the Asgard can fix you. And he's like, fine, I want a gun. And they're like, no, no, but you can have a Zat. Okay. All right. Fine. So everything's set up in Jack's house that evening, and everybody's just, like, waiting. It's like, everybody's in place. It's just sit here and wait, twiddle our thumbs. And then we get that bright flash of light of an Asgard beam, and everybody rushes into the house, and the real Jack is back in his bed. They all rush in. He finally wakes up a little confused. He's like, what are you all doing in my bedroom? And I love all of Rick's acting this whole thing, where he's just the whole time like, what? What is going on? Who are you? Why? What is, yes. who are you? What is this? Yes. What? Just the entire time. I love it. I love that Sam and Jenner are both like, Jack! Like, like yelling, Jack! And then you just have Tilko O'Neal. And he immediately wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I guess if you're hearing Tilk's voice, something is very wrong. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're not dreaming. Um, up in the Asgard ship, Duplicate Jack we see is, like, suspended in the air, like we've seen in, like, the flashbacks of the other abductees. 
the Asgard comes in, tells him not to be afraid. Jack zats him and then zats the contraption that's like holding him up and he just falls to the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick cut back to Jack's house where, yes, Jack, everybody's there because this this is very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. So back up on the Asgard ship, Duplicate Jack has strapped the Asgard there to a chair Starts, like, looking around and finally finds the right console. He moves some of the stones around and is able to successfully beam SG-1 up to the ship. So Jack is then introduced to Jack. And uh, <laughs> so I think, I'm, I think I need to call them, like, Jack and Duplicate Jack for the rest mm-hmm. of this to keep them straight. So yeah. throughout this whole scene, Jack just keeps going, what's going on? <laughs> Who are you people? I don't think anybody's anything anybody's really explained anything. Like he's very confused. They explain briefly that they believe he's been cloned and was asleep for seven days. He's like, that's a new record. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Asgard that was added finally wakes up. Everybody heads over and like, so this is Loki. <gasps> Yay. Well, okay, so question. So they say yes. that he's been asleep for seven days, which doesn't really make sense either for the purposes of this entire episode <laughs> I, yeah it's like <laughs> I, maybe, it I, like i guess it depends on like what exactly loki was doing like in a like a medically induced coma something yeah. to study their his like physical makeup his neural pathways Je ne sais yes the the whatever it is that makes up a human i guess it yeah but again, and like as Jack says later, he's like, I haven't peed for seven days. Like, yeah, how, like, how did, what, do they, do the Asgard have catheters? Like, how does that work? I don't know. Um, anyway, um, would you like some fun facts about the Norse Asgard Loki, not the Marvel MCU Loki? Yes, the, no- okay. the Loki that we've, not the Loki that we've come to know and love. Not the Tom Hiddleston who love in the door. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So yeah. first, this is the director cameo. Peter DeLuise is the voice of Loki. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. So Loki's father is one of the Jotun. Um, although he was counted as a peer of Odin and Thor. And so in actual Norse mythology, Odin is not Loki's adopted father. Like we oh, know okay. in Marvel. So right. they're like they they're basically sort of on the same hierarchy of okay. like gods and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife is the female giant Angerboda, and together they sired Hel, the goddess of death. Uh, I'm gonna mangle all of these names. I apologize in advance. Um, Jormungand, the serpent that surrounds the world, and Fenrir, the wolf. Uh, Loki is also said to have given birth to Slepinir, who is Odin's eight-legged horse, while Loki himself was in the form of a mare. Like, he mated with a horse and then gave birth to a horse. Because he, like, he is, he can shapeshift and do all of that stuff. That's, yeah. yes, something right. he can do. Loki was um, having an adventure. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, he was responsible for the death of Baldur, who was one of Odin's sons and also one of the favorites among the gods. And this happened by Loki, being the trickster that he is, convinced the blind god Huld to throw some mistletoe at Baldur, as apparently this was the only thing that could kill him. 
like they apparently they used to play games like throwing like sticks and stones and knives at Balder and like nothing happened. Ha ha ha! How funny. Whatever. Um, so his punishment then was to be tied to a rock with the entrails of one of his sons. So kind of like the Prometheus situation where, you know, mm-hmm. tied to a rock, pecked by, but no pecking by an eagle. Instead, a serpent was placed above him that dripped venom into a bowl. The bowl had to be emptied by Sigyn, who was also his wife. Um, and when the bowl was full and needed to be emptied, the venom would then drip onto Loki, which would cause, cause him to writhe in pain, which would result in earthquakes. Uh, at the onset of Ragnarok, it's foretold that Loki will slip free of his prison to fight against the gods. So that's oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. Um, regarding sort of like this, the scholarship of Loki, uh, Gabriel Turvel Peter, who is an Englishman who specialized in Old Norse mythology, commented in 1964 that more ink has been spilled on Loki than on any other figure in Norse, mytho- in Norse mythology. This in itself is enough to show how little scholars agree and how far we are from understanding him. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, there's a whole lot more out there. There's, yeah. Loki's a very interesting guy in Norse mythology. Mm. Loki the trickster. That he is, yep. Mm, Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So back to the show. Uh, Jack is, as Sam concedes, rightly irked by what has happened to him. Although not as irked as Duplicate Jack because that one's dying. Just yeah. FYI. Yeah. So uh, this Loki was a geneticist on the Asgard High Council before he was stripped of his position for unsanctioned experiments on humans. He was doing this as to try and find a way to fix the cloning problem that you know, the Asgard been going through and given the similarity between the physical makeup of the original Asgard body and humans, he thought maybe there was something there. The reason why Loki came back after 19 years is that a, all of the other Asgard were so busy with like the relocation and the replicator work. He felt he could sneak away and come back for Jack specifically because Jack was able to retain the knowledge of the ancient repository, Loki felt that maybe humans had finally advanced enough to contain an Asgard knowledge, and so they could maybe start cloning human bodies to contain an Asgard brain. Sadly, that hasn't worked, but Loki regrets nothing. He's just trying to save his people. Which, right. which is like an interesting discussion. It is. It's like, oh, that, I mean, yeah, I get that. But also, don't experiment on people? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, also, but don't. But don't. Do like, I get it, but don't. <laughs> I, yeah, I have no further yeah. comment. That's a perfect yeah. way to put it. <laughs> okay. All right. I get it, well, but how about you not do that? Yes. Um, anyway, that's enough for Jack. And he's like, Sam, can you call Thor? And Loki's like, please don't. But, it, you know, it's too late. Sam goes over the console, does, you know, whatever she does. And then they just kind of sit there and wait. We see duplicate Jack kind of like stumble a little bit. Like, and he finally admits like, yeah, I'm not feeling so great. And Daniel's like, what happens if Thor doesn't show up? But hey, no need to worry because Yay. Thor's here. Yay. Is Michael Shank the voice of Thor? Yes, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Thor's pissed at Loki, uh, especially for using Jack, who was off limits. Like, this one human is specifically off limits to the Asgard. Like, they actually put a marker 
on his DNA to prevent any like experiments being done on him. Which is interesting because why though? Yeah, it's like did they know I, Asgard would want to experiment? I did, I don't or was know. it like for the ghoul in case the ghoul tried to tried to experiment on him? Like But why just Jack? Why not like why just Jack? Yeah. Why, just Jack? why not all of that? <laughs> <laughs> yep, I said it. <laughs> oh, you did say just Jack. Okay. <laughs> just Jack. Yeah. Just Jack. <laughs> But, like, why would it be, you know, only him and not all of SG-1 or, like, all of the SGs? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> I mean, there there is the thing that, again, you know, as Loki said, Jack was able to, repaint, to retain the repository of ancient knowledge. So that does maybe make him special in some way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all that. So, I like, I get it. And they've also had the most contact with Jack. And at one point, Loki's like, Jack is legendary among Asgard. And Jack's like, yes, I, of course I am. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Yeah. So this marker is like, oh, so that's probably why the clone is still just a teenager, not fully grown adult. And also, even with this whole, you know, repository ability thing, Jack is not the missing link in the Asgard cloning process. Humans still are not there yet. Boo. Also, it's all Loki's fault that the clones die because, as he says, there was no need for the clones to survive. And Jack's like, "Is I mean, we gotta be able to do something, please." Which Thor seems surprised that Jack wants duplicate Jack to live. But you know, Thor will see what he can do. If he's able to fix the issue, it should then be that this duplicate Jack would then just continue to age at a normal human rate. Yay. And apparently Thor is able to to do that because we cut to some line, some time later and we see Jack dropping duplicate Jack off at the local high school, which yeah. Jack's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, you know, apparently he always wanted to go back and redo high school the right way. And this is now his chance. And with the way the girls are checking him out, he'll be fine, which like is is this kind of ill because he's 50? You know, it's it's sort of like reverse big. Like, is it creepy? Is it not? I don't... Because he is physically a teenager, but he has the 50-year... It's it's weird. I don't know where to go with that part of this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. Uh, But anyway, don't worry. Duplicate Jack won't keep in touch. And is the end. We never see him again. Um, So... Question, though, I mean, mm-hmm. does that mean that Duplicate Jack, they're basically going to, for lack of a better way to put it, like, emancipate him, if you will? Like, he's going to be off on his own, living on his own. Yeah. As a 15-year-old? That is the question, because he does say, like, they do say, like, the Air Force has set him up. It's like, did they set him up with a foster family? Have they set him up with like his own apartment and a salary of some kind? Because mentally, yeah, I mean, mentally, yes, he's more than capable of taking care of himself. But if he's still in high school, how do you explain that he doesn't have parents? Yeah, unless they make up fake emancipation records. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. How, yes. How exactly is this young man existing in the outside world? Also, he still has all the knowledge of Jack. If the NID were able to get a hold of him, oh, holy shit. Like, yeah. yeah. Also, how are they letting him live outside the SGC? Like, yeah. With all of the knowledge of Jack O'Neill. Like, I don't. Like, they didn't even let Jonas off the base unsupervised, like... Yeah, it's very surprising that they're kind of just like, okay, bye, without without very much keeping close attention. Yeah. Is he also now living with Dr. Frazier? And is, like, Cassandra's (laughs) brother? (laughs) Cassandra. (laughs) Is Janet just collecting strays at this point? I don't know. Like, yes. Like, in general, I like this episode, but there's also so many questions. Yeah, like you do. Yes. Um, Well, okay, so do you find it maybe, like, a little creepy because he's, like, 15? Like, maybe if they made him, like, 18 or 20, it'd be a little bit more like, "Mm," but still. Yeah. Is it because because he's, like, 15? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. If he was maybe, like, college-aged, I might be able to get behind it, but... Yeah, he's 15. He's 15. That's, yeah. y- that is young. Mm-hmm. That's too young. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I don't yeah. know. Don't you know. think too hard about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> what they were hoping. And then podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then, no. <laughs> and then, nope, our job is yeah. to think too much mm-hmm. about it. So Yeah, I I find it very surprising, at least, that they were just like, okay, bye, go live your life, bye, yes. without yeah. bringing him into the fold, as it were, <laughs> somehow. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, what is he, is he gonna enlist in the Air Force later? What's his name? Does yeah. he have a different name? Is he still Jack O'Neill? With one L, maybe, this time? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> without the C, it's just J-A-K. <laughs> Or is he going by Johnny this time? Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know. So many questions at the end of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so episode title. We never title, see him again, do we? No, they, they were apparently banding about ideas to bring him back, but it just, like, schedules and stuff, it just, unfortunately, it never, never out. worked out, so... Although I did see a comment somewhere. Can you imagine this Jack and Mayborn? <gasps> oh my God. Right? Stop. Yes. That would have been amazing. Like if they made right? Mayborn take care of him, like his foster dad. <laughs> that would have been great. Yes. Mayborn. You've done enough good that we're kind of okay, but also you're still a dick. So as your punishment, you have to take care of a teenager now. But he's your superior. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, they were both colonels, so I don't know yeah. about that. But that would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> best buddy cop movie ever. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Um, Somebody write a fan fiction about it. Please. I'm sure I'm sure it exists. It has to. It yeah. has to exist, right. yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Episode title. <laughs> yep. Fragile Balance. I, I'm. This is what I'm like, what? I'm not quite sure what 
that's referring to I don't know. extreme measures maybe desperate measures desperate measures this is definitely i mean loki's definitely going through some desperate measures here yeah yeah Desperate um, measures makes more sense yeah i know it's like the balance like of of what human experimentation and saving a whole other species of being i don't know yeah. balance of mind versus body i don't know maybe i know um, we do have a couple uh, fun foreign territory titles. Uh, in German, this was called The False Clone. <laughs> I've given it away in the title again yep. in Germany. Uh, yep. In French, they called it The Sorcerer's Apprentice, mm. which that's even more mind-boggling than Fragile Balance. Okay. Weird. That one, yeah. No. I really don't no. understand that one. No. Yeah, right. No. 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 Yeah, I don't know. So, besides desperate measures, I don't know. What would you guys call this one? Because it's weird. Yeah. I, I, I like the German one, though. The false clone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just tells you exactly what's going on. So, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, before we wrap things up, we have an email. Yay! We do. Yes, this is from Mike. Hi, Mike. Uh, title is Anubis's Weapon with the Eyes. Oh, okay. So, okay. The email goes, so I was listening to Homecoming and I started thinking about Anubis's weapon and the eyes that he collected to power the weapon. Side note, Anubis would have had to dug through the collapsed ziggurat that SG-1 escaped with the Russians to acquire the eye of Tiamat. That's a good point. Remember, it could, the, there was like, you know, that Russian team that got trapped. There's the eye of Tiamat that they had. Hmm. In that episode where there's that weird creature that got possessed by a cool for a little bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's a good point. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So the email continues. So after Jack destroys the power source, which is the eyes, Anubis goes to Kelowna for Naquadria to power the weapon. So could there actually be three types of Naquadria? First is the natural abundant version, which may not exist on Earth because the ancient used all of Earth's supply to seed the Milky Way gate system. Second version... Oh, sorry. Three types of Naquita. Um, So the natural version that like all the gates are made out of. The second version is Naquadria, more powerful but unstable and created through fusion. What if the third version were that of the actual eyes, a diamond type of version that the ancients created by compressing Naquita into the diamond version, more stable and less vol volatile version that still gives far more power generation and this is why Anubis searched for them, because he knew the ancients created them and the early Gould leaders found them, but didn't know their true power. Ooh. So the eyes are basically a version of Naquita. Oh, fun. That's interesting. I like it. I know. I think I like that, too. I had mm. never thought of that, but that is, that's a very interesting contemplation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they ever really explore what the crystal, like the information and power crystals and stuff are made of? No, they don't. They're just crystals. But yeah, could they be like a crystal version of Naquita? That's this interesting. Would be like a super diamondy version of Naquita? Yeah, like a crystallized version. That could be interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like where this is going. Me too. Mm hmm. That's very interesting, Mike. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, final thoughts. Do we like this? I mean, I know we have questions and problems, but overall, I think. 
I mean, it could have been a total flop had Michael Welsh, what's his name? Michael Welsh. Welch. Had he been Welch. Um, had he been terrible. Yes. But he was awesome. Therefore, I really liked the episode. Yes. I mean, yeah. he definitely, yeah, he definitely carried this episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. This is good. I give it a good. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. You can find us on threads and Instagram at SG underscore rewatch and on discord. You can find the link in the show notes or send us an email at woo. That's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Orpheus. Bye. Bye.